Welcome. I'm Richard Prosh, and this is another edition of Six Gun Justice Conversations. These are occasional bonus downloads where my co-host Paul Bishop or I get to hang out around the virtual Six Gun Justice campfire and spend some time talking with friends who work in the Western genre. With me for this edition is best-selling Western romance novelist Cheryl Pearson. Cheryl was born in Duncan, Oklahoma and grew up in Seminole. She graduated from the University of Oklahoma and has taught numerous writing classes and workshops over the past years, and also works on an individual basis with many of her students and other authors locally and nationwide. She has also sold numerous short stories as a contributor for the Adams Media and Victory Tales Press anthologies. Her short stories appear in several of the Adams Media Christmas anthologies, as well as various other publications, including Chicken Soup for the Empty Nester's Soul and Chicken Soup Messages from Heaven. Cheryl and her longtime friend and fellow author Livia J. Washburn founded their own publishing house, Prairie Rose Publications, in August of 2013. Cheryl lives with her husband in Oklahoma City. Cheryl and I got to know each other when Painted Pony Press, an imprint of Prairie Rose, originally published my Joe Harper Young Adult Stories. We both share a passion for the West and a love of dogs, and I'm glad we had the chance to catch up with each other today. Howdy, Cheryl. Hey, Rich. So growing up in Oklahoma, how did you get started writing? Was the West always something that was there, the the culture? Yeah, um, probably because my parents, my grandparents, my great-greats, I mean, we all, have, we've been here for so long. We, we've had people that, I've been working on some genealogy things, and it's been really interesting to find out that we had uh, ancestors that came from North Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, most of them all came through Texas and stayed there for a brief time and then came on up into Indian Territory. So we are multi-generational Oklahomans. And even though I wasn't raised in a family that was particularly uh, Western-oriented as far as um, rodeos and, and that kind of thing, it was just all around. Uh, we have a lot of uh, Indian blood in our in our heritage. We have my my great great grandfather rode the cattle trails up from Texas up into Oklahoma, and so it's just the family history. I think was what made it more alive and interesting, and something that I wanted to to write about. Uh, as far and also because I was born in 1957, so that you can. You know, all the Westerns that were on TV and the movies and all that, that had a lot of influence, too. Did you find any interesting stories um, that you didn't know about before as you were doing the genealogy research? Yeah, I mean, it's been fascinating because I have I have an aunt on my mom's side who had really been doing a lot of this in the past, and she kept trying to get me to join uh, Ancestry.com, and I was just like, when would I ever have time? Well, I found out it's really true. You make time for the things you want to do. I try to carve yeah. out a little bit of time every day to sit down and, and work on that. And I found um, some uh, actual letters from my ancestors, My, I guess like my five times great-grandfather to my uh, five times great-grandmother, uh, where they wrote back and forth when he was in the um, Revolutionary War. Oh, and my gosh. I mean, it was just, it's just been amazing. 
I, I, I don't know how those things have survived all these years, but it, the thing that's fascinating to me is that you have all these people that are out there searching and they have different documents and letters and pictures and, and they all come together on ancestry and you meet them through the genealogy trees and you have all that at your fingertips. You know, that sounds like uh, a, a cue for a romance story right there. If, if you've got letters between your great, great, great grandparents, um, was romance always part of your reading when you were? Oh, you know, probably in the background, I would think is when I was a kid, I, I really liked, I read just about everything. My best friend that lived across the street from me, Danelle, she would come over and we would in the summertime and, you know, Oklahoma, well, Oklahoma summers are hot. And uh, <laughs> we would, we had four big elm trees over on the side of my yard and we would spread out an old packing quilt and get us a pitcher of lemonade and lay out there. And our big idea of fun on a summer afternoon, laying out under the trees and reading together. And when we would find something that, you know, can't, you, you'd find a passage and you'd say, oh, listen to this. This is so cool. You know, this is so good. And we'd read it to each other. And, and uh, I started writing little stories of my own back in grade school, but I was always the kid that, you know, the teacher would ask for a paragraph and she'd get three pages and everybody would glare at me. <laughs> You're making this look bad. That's great though. I, I can see that would have been great to have a friend like that to kind of bounce things off of and see what her reaction was. Yeah, it, it's been great. I mean, not very often you have a friend that you meet in first grade and you're still friends with all those years later. I still will bounce ideas off of her. And the only bad thing now is she's more of a mystery reader, not much of a romance reader. So <laughs> she'll say, oh, can't you just leave out some of that romance stuff? And, and <laughs> like, no. You've written a lot of contemporary romance, as well as the historical and even some time travel romance. So for listeners that are new to your work, where would you recommend people start? If you like historical romance, probably my first book I ever wrote that was published was Fire Eyes. And that was that was a that's a good place to start. It's not a it's not a series, it's just a standalone romance book. The heat level is not really off the scale as far as uh, you know the romance goes but it's not a, it's not what you'd ever call a clean romance or a sweet romance either I had to really fight about that one when I first had that published with um, a, another publisher that, uh, back in the in the old days uh, I say the old days it's been about 2009 I think was when that first came out and um, I had a lot of characters in that book, uh, but I needed them. And my editor was about to lose her mind because she kept saying, can't we cut this out? Can't we cut? And I said, no, that's really, that's really how the story has to be. And there were some things that I ended up having to take out of that book that I really regretted. But when Livia and I started our company, I was able to publish the book the way that I had intended it to be in the beginning. And that was a great day. I really, uh, I mean, really was glad to get it back the way that I, that I had wanted it to be in the beginning. It was a little bit longer. And I think that was one of the problems that um, the other publisher had was that they had a, a certain word count they were trying to keep within too. But that's, that's a good one to start with for historical. And if if you're not so much into romance, I've got Ride the Wild Range is more of a, a Western story, a kind of a coming of age story about a young boy. His family is killed uh, by the Indians, and he he's 
saved by kind of an odd stranger as the book goes goes along it it first was began as three three separate books and then i put 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 them all together so it would be one one long book um but it it's a it's a really good story probably one of the ones that i'm most proud of because it was i thought it was going to be hard to write it from a young boy's point of view but it really was easy to do and just kind of kind of rolled on out there which I'm sure you're kind of you're kind of thinking about your Joe Harper stories when I say that because you you know right, how it is right. when you when you get into a kid's point of view sometimes it, you think oh that's gonna how would I do that but you just you just fall into it so that was that was a that was a good experience with that one so so what about this time travel romance was that um, was that a kind of a one off thing or is it something you want to do more of. You know, I had a series planned for that, at least another book, but it's like, where do you find the time? And you've got so many ideas and so many thoughts and, and plans, but the days just get away and you think, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. But with all the time constraints we have and the and the, the projects we want to do, it just doesn't always happen like we plan for it to. But the time travel one, that was one that I really, I really enjoyed writing that one. And it was really different because I kind of had to be careful about that one. It has some religious overtones that are not, you have to really walk a thin line for your readers. I didn't want to get into heaven and hell and all that, but I had angels and demons that were taking the form of humans in the time travel as well. So that and the and the sequel that I have planned, they're gonna they're gonna come out of the old west back into present time. But I, I've got a better feel for what I want to do with that to writing that first one. It's just that, you know, the first time travel you ever write, you kinda go, Ooh, I don't want to make this hokey. It's gotta be really good. And I'm really proud yeah. of that one. Um Time Planes Drifter. Did you ever think when you were growing up and you were writing that as an adult did you ever think you would be running a publishing company? Oh gosh, no. <laughs> you know, back in those days it was everything was in New York and like pie in the sky. Oh, I hope they'll like me. I hope they'll take my book, you know. And everything uh-huh. has changed so much even from just when I first started trying to pursue getting my books published back in early oh, I'd say around 2005, 2006 like that. So how did Prairie Rose get started? I assume you and Livia knew each other? It's really funny because we the only way we knew each other was from uh, Western Fictioneers. And do you know I still have never met Livia in person? I, I have never met her in person. I've never talked to her on the phone. We do everything... I know it's it's totally weird. We do everything by email or messenger or you know whatever. But um, no, the way it got started was that um, I don't know if you remember Kathleen Rice Adams. She she had uh, oh my gosh, she was a fabulous writer, and she had some stories that she'd written and was thinking about getting them published. But she, you know she wanted to be part of Western Fictioneers, but you couldn't be a member unless you had published Western. And so she didn't have one. And that was really how we got started because Livy and I just read her stories and we were just blown away. And we we had kind of been 
throwing the idea around about, eh, we ought to do a publishing company. And at that time, it was more for, the idea was more for uh, women who wrote Westerns because it was so hard for women to break into writing Westerns that were not Western romance. And we, we our plan was to take Western romance and Westerns, you know, by women. That blew up into every everything it was just, as soon as we started, we we got submissions from people that wanted. Well, why don't you have a Why don't you have a contemporary line? Why don't you just do historicals and, you know, why Why don't you do kids books? And so we ended up with six imprints with just within a very short time. So that was something that we were both really surprised about. We both of us have been really shocked that Prairie Rose took off like it did and has remained this is our going into our seventh year so or actually it will be the end of our seventh year in august so we'll be going into our eighth year and it has just been a really wonderful experience we've met so many good people talented people and we're able to help a lot of people too that maybe would not have ever been able to have gotten looked at if they had didn't have an agent or uh, had tried to submit their work to uh, some of the bigger places in New York. That's one of the things that I love about Prairie Rose. Um, you have published some really big names in the Western genre, like John Nesbitt. And uh, then you've published uh, new and upcoming names. You've introduced some new talent. Uh, like off the top of my head, I'm thinking Shana Matthews, who who just won a Peacemaker Award. And uh, she started out, I remember, years ago. Uh, of course, Jackie Rogers has always been there writing great stories and great short stories in the anthologies that you guys have put out. We have had so much fun with those anthologies. And we, we've done all different kinds. We, we added a medieval line. And so we've got a lot of writers that came from some of the bigger companies and we're so glad to have them. Deborah McGillivray is one. She she um, writes for us now. Cynthia Breeding and um, Lindsay Townsend. I don't want to leave anybody out. Kena Kincaid. They all have had stellar experiences with larger companies. But um, now the tides are kind of shifting a little bit because of, of that Uh the way things have have kind of the market has gone crazy as far as uh, digital and and different kinds of publishing that weren't available before. So I've asked this question a couple times to other writers I've talked with. Do you think Western literature is still relevant? Yeah, I think it's really funny because I think a lot of times everything kind of goes in in a, a cycles, you know, and. It's not just that way with Westerns, but with other kinds of literature, too. You think, ah, that's that's already done with. Nobody cares about it, whatever. But then it'll make a huge resurgence and, and people will be going to the used bookstores and trying to pick up every bit of old cult Westerns that they can find and collect those. And I've got my own little collection of that stuff, you know, but um, I I think that Westerns, you know, I think there always is going to be a market for Westerns because it's just a basic good versus evil. And it's usually man against man or or something that people can relate to no matter where they are or who they are or what time period they live in. 
What's next from author Cheryl Pearson? Oh, golly. I don't know. I've got to find time, Richard. I, I, I've got to find a time where I can just sit down and, and have two sane thoughts to rub together and a, and a half hour to do it in. You know, with all this going on, you'd think you'd have more time. You're home more and not going out as much and all that. But it just seems like no matter what, you always there's always things that take up your time. I, I don't know. I've, I've got one big uh, series. I've never really written a, a series of my own. And um, I've, I've been kind of scared to do that because it's just one of those things that I always like to tie up my loose ends at the end of a book before I go on to the next one. And so in, in a series, you kind of have to leave something open for the next one, you know. So I really thought, OK, I'm going to do it at this time. I'm going to introduce six couples in one book. Now, there's no way I can tie up that all all those loose ends. I, I'll have plenty of material to go on, you know. So uh, I've been working on this on the first one, but then I got to thinking I'm kind of a slow writer. So I thought, well, I got to get this second one underway before I release this first one, because I don't want to release the first one and then have it be a year or two later and people going, where's the other books? You know, what happened? Right. You know, I'm, I'm sure we both know as readers that happens. You're waiting. Um, you know, where's the next one? Yes. You know who I really admire about that is... Um, Christine Asbury, she writes, she just had a new release today and, and she writes a lot, just a very unusual series about uh, a, a lady Pinkerton agent in the old West and she's, she falls in love with an outlaw that she's chasing. And so it's kind of a dilemma all the way through what, what's going to happen, you know, but she's got six books in her series and it's one of those, one of those things that is never predictable. You can never know what's going to happen. And so you look forward to the next one, but you keep thinking, how is this going to work out? How is this? But it, she always does it and does it wonderfully. You know, I hope that if I have some, you know, if I if I get this this book out that I'm working on and possibly get on with the next one and the next one, you know, that I'll I'll be able to do that kind of thing, too. Now, before we sign off, I want to direct listeners to the Western Fictioneers website and blog at westernfictioneers.blogspot.com, where members of Western Fictioneers contribute. Cheryl, you contribute there regularly, and I hoped you could say a few words about Western Fictioneers, about the group, and about the blog. Um, Western Fictioneers is a great group. It's a it's a writers, a professional writing group for people who write westerns. Of course, since it's Western Fictioneers, it's it's just one of those really good supportive places that where you're with other where you're with other authors that are writing kind of the same thing that you are that you can jump on there and on the group conversation and ask you know how many miles was it from one place to the other how long would it take to get there what you know just basic questions and you have so many people that are willing to come on there and offer suggestions and advice and things that they know about so it's great it's a great support group but also, um, when you blog for, for Western Fictioneers, you are able to reach a lot of readers that can come on. And, and once you blog, it's there for forever on the Internet. So they can come, come on, read your article, say, hey, this sounds good. I, you know, I think I might like to read more about this subject or I might like to look up some of his or her books and see what they're all about. So it's a great way to, to build 
a readership for your for your own books, but also to just build a rapport with with readers that might want to just get to get to know you as a person. And and it's and, just been yeah. a great thing, really. You get to know so many other writers too. Everyone is so friendly and so helpful. Like Dr. Keith Souter from Great Britain. You know, uh, any questions about the Old West as far as medical practices, he's got the answer and they are always really entertaining and informative. Yes. And he's got a, he's got a great book out, um, The Doctor's Bag, where he has compiled a, a lot of what he had put in some of those blogs and talks about uh, treatments and diseases and, and um, injuries and, and the things that they had to do. I mean... All, even back before before the old west days back in the you know even back in the ancient times he he's like a walking medical encyclopedia but it's interesting stuff you know which i i really enjoy just reading every time he has a blog on i i read it yeah i'll check that out i di- i didn't know that he was compiling those yeah he's got it's um i don't have the link for it but i can't tell you what but it's on amazon it's called the doctor's bag that's great I see by the old clock on the wall, it's about time to wrap up. I'd like to mention PrairieRosePublications.com for the latest from Cheryl. And we're looking forward to your next books and your next blog post, Cheryl. Thanks for being on with us today. Thank you, Richard. I was glad you asked me. I've enjoyed it. Thanks to Cheryl Pearson for hanging out and chatting today. And thanks to you for listening. Paul and I appreciate your support of our Six Gun Justice podcast and hope you continue to enjoy each and every episode. Be sure to check out our website, www.sixgunjustice.com, for links to previous episodes, speed listens, and prior conversations, along with reviews, interviews, and articles from the Western genre. Until next time, keep the sun at your back and a good horse at hand. Let's ride.